and welcome into On the Preds with your host Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. We have a great show today. We are going to recap one of the biggest weeks in Nashville Predators history. Uh, lots to talk about today, and we are going to also talk about some surprising things from this week. Uh, we're going to tease that out real quick. That both Sean and I have a few things we're going to talk about. Obviously, we're going to hit the big hit that or have the you know the big things that everyone knows about. But we're also going to talk about some surprises that uh, maybe not everyone noticed. But um, this has been—I mean, this has been an awesome last few days. It's—it's it's been so much fun to be a part of, and like, I—I—I I, I will remember this for a long time. Won't you? I yeah. I mean, for me, I—I I wasn't in the like covering games in person world during the Winter Classic, so this was the first major event uh, for me. And uh, I can't, I can't really, like, I'm still so exhausted from the week that it's kind of having a hard time being able to encapsulate everything into a few short words or phrases. But it's definitely something I'll remember forever. It's it's absolutely insane how much fun, even just covering the game we had, much less everything that went along with it. I've not had, I mean, I've had, I've had a long week for other reasons too, but like, I've not had this many like 12 hour days yeah in maybe ever like it's been it's been a very long time yeah um so let's go ahead and talk about it so massive week for nashville on the national stage um it, it really concludes in almost perfect fashion i mean it, you know the, the the last memory is of the predators losing to the tampa bay lightning um i really don't think that most people will remember that part as much as they'll remember everything else that happened this week uh, of course, you had the Pecorine retirement game. You had the Stadium Series game on Saturday, and all of that happened there. Um, I, I, I think uh, when I look back on this week, I will think of sort of it being this combination of the celebration of the of the career of Pecorine that blended perfectly with another major event that doesn't actually have anything to do with Pecorine, but what did not seem out of place at all for him to be there when he came out and we'll talk about this when he came out with the team uh, and had some moments on the ice before the stadium series game, no one felt like it was out of place. Everyone was like, this makes sense. This is a, this week has been about him too. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think it was really fitting. I mean, you, you think about all of these major milestones, major memories with the national predators. Like it seems like Pecorine was there for all of them. And so to, really like yeah. think of this this hosting their first outdoor game it would have been weird if he wasn't there um and it was really <laughs> yeah. kind of reassuring and comforting that he was there i think I, I think the guys enjoyed it as much as you know any of the fans did probably more because that's a guy they've been used to having around he brings that that calm energy you know that mm-hmm. um I, I don't know like it's it's real you don't come across a lot of leaders like that that exude that just natural calming energy with that also just uh, radiates confidence at the same time. So, yeah. Um, um, when he told everybody in Bridgestone arena to please sit down, <laughs> they did it. They did it. <laughs> that yep. was really funny. Yep. Uh, is, speaking. Hey, speaking of sitting down, okay. there is a store. We got to talk about this before we move on, because there is a store in Nashville that if you are having trouble sitting down because your chair is uncomfortable, at your office or your bed is uncomfortable that you're laying in or just sitting at home watching TV, you're uncomfortable. You've got to check out relax the back. This store is amazing. If you want to work better, you want to live better. You want to sleep better and you want to be better, feel better. Sorry. Uh, then you've got to check out relax the back. 
basically, you know, if you sleep well, you will live well. And they have a lot of options for sleeping, working, or just relaxing at home. They have this thing called the perfect chair, which has zero gravity position. You can put yourself in. You can just lay. You could have been watching the the um, stadium series game in zero gravity. That would have been the only Man. better way to experience it, right? That, um, that would have been incredible. <laughs> they have this massage chair called the Chi XE that is just the most advanced massage chair I've ever seen. I sat in this thing and I felt so relaxed. They also have Techno Gel for their mattresses, which is so much better than memory foam. You've got to go check out the store. They have a, sh- a sleep agent on hand every day to help figure out how you can sleep better and resolve any pain issues. The store is at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Green Hills. Go over to Green Hills, take some time, go in the store, check it out, and learn about the four pillars of wellness. Healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. So there you go. Uh, Alex, Alex, let me ask you a question. Serious question. Yes. Um, I was planning on getting an Uber from Nissan Stadium back to the Music City Center yesterday. All right. And uh, prices were really high. Yeah. Um, so I ended up walking back across the pedestrian bridge. And I'm going to tell you, I had all my gear with me. Uh, my back hurt a lot when I got home last night. And I really wish I'd had a chance to sit in the Chi XE. I think it would have made things yeah. a lot better. It, it would. It's, it's great post-workout. That's what, they, that's what they say. You know, I did that walk as well. I've done that walk many times. I used to park and go to the Titans games. I used to park across the river and walk. But it was more just because uh, I didn't want to pay much. And so I was finding, I was finding cheap lots. Uh, last night it was a little bit more rough because I had to carry all this stuff. And then I also yeah. didn't, I was very cold and I was very tired. Um, but let's, let's actually go back a second. Um, one, one really quick note, the Predators did play on Tuesday as well. They beat the Florida Panthers. That was actually a pretty big win, uh, considering the scenario of them having a four game losing streak, two big games coming up. That was pretty interesting. They got three, a three point night from Forsberg. Tanner Janot had a shorthanded goal and he iced it with an empty netter. Um, I don't want to really cover that game too much, but I did want to mention that. I, I know you yeah. watched that game, correct? You, you saw some yeah. of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as far as I can tell, the Predators were like way outplayed in that game for the first part of it and then turned it on and came away with a win. So that was a pretty big win. Um, yeah, that's accurate. That, n- not much else to yeah. say. When you have a week like this, you don't need to spend too much time on that game. So let's no. go ahead and let's talk about the Rene retirement game. Oh. Um, a whole lot happened there. There was a huge setup in the middle of the ice, stage, lights. They had all the trophies that he'd won um, uh, or, or that the Predators won. I, I can't even remember. Was the, what trophies was it? Was it was the, the Western Conference Campbell Trophy there? I, maybe not. Campbell was there. King Clancy, okay. Vesna, and the President's Trophy were all there. Got it. Okay. All of them were there. Good. Yeah. So all the things he had a huge part in and won mm-hmm. himself. Um, he, it's, it's, you know, it's an hour and a half presentation, not really hour and a half presentation. They, they gave it an hour and a half, uh, to, to handle, but honestly, like it could have been longer. I mean, like it was, it was fantastic. Everything about it. Pete Weber emceed it. And he of course did an incredible job. Um, he, uh, he, we welcomed out all the, the big players, including Shea Weber, including Roman Yossi, mm-hmm. uh, Kimo Timonen was there. Um, and then you had David Poyle. You had Rene's parents, Rene's fiance or wife, or yes, another. I'm not sure. Um, he's wearing he's wearing a wedding ring. Okay, all right, wife. Then we'll call her wife and son, Paulus. Um, probably some other people there, and then of course all the players, even some Dallas Stars players. Um, I, I just 
think that that whole scenario, that whole ceremony was perfect. 100% perfect. 135% perfect. How about 135% that? 135% perfect. What do you remember most? Uh, you know, here's what I remember most. And I'm going to say this. I, <clears throat> I also had to participate in ceremonies like that as the guy that reads the names at graduation. So I, <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit of what they were going through up there. And when you're sitting or standing there behind that podium, looking out at that many people, it can be kind of, kind of nerve wracking, but I'm going to tell you, I think what, what I really remember about that was Roman Yossi getting up and speaking without any notes and just being able to do that. Uh, so effortless, effortlessly, um, was really impressive to me. Plus, I'll also say that image of, of Rene and his family walking over in front of where they were going to raise the banner and watching it go up. Um, really, really emotional uh, yeah. for, for me, uh, much less everyone else in the arena, just to see him kind of witness that culmination of everything he'd been able to accomplish was just really um, right. endearing and emotional. Yeah, um, the, him addressing his son, Paulus, was a really cool moment, I thought, where he talked about how his um, in the future he'd be able to take Paulus to a game and, and uh, yeah. see his old man's number of the rafters. That's just amazing. Like, that's such a cool, cool thought. I mean, I, I can't even imagine uh, having, you know, I, I, understanding that your, your, your son or daughter <laughs> is going to be able to see that. That's so cool. Um, yeah. And uh, as I pointed out a, a couple times, um, well, I don't know if I pointed that. I didn't point it out on the show because last time we had a show, this didn't happen yet. But uh, right. the last time that you had Pecorine, Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, Ryan Suter, and Alex Radiloff in the same building for a hockey yeah. game was 10 years ago, 2012. That was the last time that happened. Crazy. Pretty cool what can happen when you get a, a, a guy like Pecorine in the building. So the ceremony was perfect. They got it, got in, and they they did it, and they raised the banner. It's there forever. Players wore thirty five on the warm up uh, during the warm ups, and then now it'll never be worn again. Then the game happens. Dallas Stars, of course. Philip Tomasino gets the goal scoring started early. I think that is also an interesting narrative because uh, one of the young guns, one of the yep. young guys, comes out on a night that they're celebrating the old guy. He scores the goal to, to get the Predators up. UC Soros obviously is in net, the um, now ace. You know, he's the guy now. Uh, Padawan to Pecorine's Jedi Master. Uh, and he is now – he leads the way to, uh, to a victory. They go to overtime. They struggle a bit through, throughout the game to try to score on Dallas. Jay Godinger played really well, I thought. But yeah. Soros was a little bit better. Soros had a better performance in the shootout. And there's one thing I wanted to mention about the Grandland shootout goal, but I want to get your reaction on the game first before we before we do that. It was just a it was a hard played game. I think both teams weren't weren't really willing to give anything up. And I think you had outstanding play from from both of those goaltenders. And, and I, I don't know on on the Dallas side, but you know we we knew that Soros wanted to get a win for Pecorine. And so yeah. I think you know any any goalie worth their uh, worth their uh, their blocker is probably got to at least be somewhat of a Pecorine fan. So I wonder if there was a little bit of extra you know <laughs> extra effort on the Dallas side. Well, you know they want to get a win for Pecorine. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll show off our goalie for Pecorine too. Yeah, um, 
and, and kind of have that, you know, they're retiring a goalie's number. Let's, let's put on a goalie show. And, and I think we, we got what we paid for on that. Um, but I, and again, the, the fact that it came down to a shootout, you can say what you want about shootouts on any other night, but on the night that I think they're retiring, um, a goalie's number, the first number they're retiring in the franchise seemed kind of fitting that it came down to a, uh, to a shootout duel and that sorrows came away, uh, not allowing any of those goals. I think that was yeah. a really nice finishing touch on the night. Yeah. Soros was great. He, uh, he stayed strong on the pads. I know the last save was like a nice, nice little cross, um, lateral movement pad save. Um, the one I was going to mention about the Grandland goal, I thought it was interesting. So Grandland scored on, on a five hole kind of, uh, he, he went forehand, backhand. No, sorry. He went backhand, forehand. Backhand, forehand, and uh, but instead of going all the way across, he slid it to the five hole. What I thought was interesting about that is Yossi and maybe Forsberg too, right before that, had very similar moves, but tried to bring it all the way across and try to go over the pad and couldn't get it over Ottinger. So I, I'm, I'm almost wondering if Granlund took note of that and made an adjustment and realized, oh, Ottinger's getting pretty fast over to that over to that far post. He's, he's elevating the pad a little bit. Maybe I can slip it under. I, I, I don't have any evidence for that, but it just seemed, it seemed like a very similar move to what Yossi did, and, but Gramland adjusted a little bit and, and scored. Well, it makes sense. I mean, we know that they have just notes upon notes of here's whenever this team goes to a shootout, here's yeah. who they usually put out on the ice. You know, um, We also know on the other side, Whenever they go to a shootout with this goalie, this is typically where people have scored. And so they must have had something that said, hey, this is a good place to go. And after you saw two guys attempt that and be stopped, I bet there there had to have been, you know, somebody, whether it was one of the players or one of the coaches, say, hey, if he's getting so quick over that side, do the same thing, go five hole, probably get it through there. It makes sense. Again, no, no proof or anything, but that mm-hmm. I can foresee that situation. Right. So uh, the Predators get the 2 1 win, shootout win. Uh, they keep their distance with Dallas because Dallas is the team that's chasing them in the wild card standings. Predators are still in fourth in the division and they are, are holding strong on that first wild card spot, five points ahead of Dallas. That was a big win because of that. Now, then you've got two days, well, two, yeah, two days later, you've got the, the stadium series game. And there's so much prep work that goes into this. There's, there, they had their first practice on Friday. Um, and we got to see hockey in Nissan Stadium for the first time ever. Um, in practice, they have media availability. We talked to Forsberg and Granlund, and I think Yossi was in there, John Hines, of course. Lot, lots of lots of covering of, of all that. And, yeah. you know, for the most part, a lot of it is kind of predictable. I mean, obviously, guys are excited to see it, but I, I thought that everyone seemed pretty pumped. I mean, like, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't fake. People seemed really genuinely happy to have this event right i i would i think what was was really interesting for me was uh when we had the chance to talk to uh uc and grandland i think they were both up there at the same time and you know I, there were a lot of questions about well you're playing outside they're asking about vision sight lines and all this stuff and grandland kind of made the point he said you know we we both spent a lot of time playing outdoors growing up in Finland. So, you know, for us, at least it's probably not going to be that different. We've probably played as much outside as we have inside. So, you know, it's just a different place to play outside, but we've done a lot. You're not playing NHL speed outside. I mean, 
if they were playing at all, they were playing pickup or they were playing, you know. So I, while true. that's true, the elements wise, like it's still once you get going, yeah. and, and you can see, um, I mean, those teams, Nashville and Tampa, were playing very, very yeah. fast, very, very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so the same series game uh, really was was amazing. Uh, sellout crowd, I guess. I, I don't know what the sellout number. Did they call it a sellout crowd? I know it's sixty eight thousand six hundred nineteen was the. You announced think, attendance. Is that a I think sellout? we were told it was a sellout. I, okay. I can I can look it up really quick if you want. Okay. Uh, either way, sixty-eight thousand people showed up for a hockey game in Nashville. That's amazing. Um, something you'd never expect a few years ago, t- ten years ago, fifteen years ago for sure. Um, the the stage in front of us on, on the you know on the media side with the the dual stages um, looked great, um, regardless of who was playing on them. <laughs> I'm. I don't care about particular kinds of music, but whatever. It's, I'm not there for the music. I'm there for the game. So I think it was a fantastic setup. Um, visually, everything looked amazing. The crowd was awesome. So I, I would only imagine that th- I, I think the only thing that probably made it less of a perfect night for people was that it was cold, very cold. And, um, you know, potentially if you were in the 300s, you probably didn't see a whole lot of action. You probably saw stuff, some some parts of the game, but probably hard to see the puck, right? Well, you know, I my my wife and, okay. and brother-in-law and his wife all set up in the 300s, and they were able to see fine. But apparently the speakers up top weren't working, and so they weren't ah. hearing a lot of what was going on. So they said that's if you're if you're wondering about, say, getting the chants going and things like that, um, or the chants being off, that was one of the reasons was there was no uh, communication from the bottom level to the top level, and it made it that a lot harder. Weird. Yeah, so. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> um, I, I totally forgot. We got to mention we got to mention this. Um, uh, okay, so the, I, I was going to save this for my surprise thing, but it's not really a surprise because people already know about it. Um, we we really need to talk about the leather jackets. Oh, okay, yeah, we do. The, the intro to the to the team because yeah. before the game, uh, when they showed up at around four o'clock. Uh, to the stadium, they show up. We'll talk a little bit more later on about how they showed up, so don't don't spoil that. But um, when they showed up, they all are sporting these customized leather jackets, and there there's um, some designer that that made these that worked with them to to make these. But Travis thought, Austin, what's his name? Travis Austin. Travis Austin. This guy made it. Yeah. Travis Austin. So, but this is just a quick little video to show you kind of what it looked like when they walked in. This is all the Predators as they arrive to the arena. Let me just go ahead and show you this real quick. So as you can see, they all had the same type of leather jacket, but they all had different things on them. Uh, and that was part of the design. Really cool look. It was just a really neat um, way to arrive. And sort of the the vibe that it gave off was like of this really kind of badass, like biker gang kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Tampa did something similar, but theirs was more like a cowboy look, right? The the Canadian tuxedo all did. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, 
if if you uh, if you get a chance, go look at the details of those of those um, particular jackets. Which stay tuned. You might hear some more details about those later on the show. Uh, I think it, I think you'll be impressed with the uh, some of the things that they put on there. Um, okay, so back to the game. Let's let's talk about the actual game. Okay. Uh, I thought it was perfect that Tanner Janot got the first goal of the game. And I, I mean, obviously you wish they would have won, but that was a big moment for that kid. Yeah. That, that guy has been on a, on a tear of like within the Nashville community. He, he has been a quickly rising star in the Nashville Predators fan base. Right. I mean, we saw Tanner Janot signs. We've heard a lot about Tanner Janot. He has been just ascending that ladder. But to do it on the national stage and to do it in the way he did it and to also make his impact on the, on the other parts of the game, he was, I mean, he played well throughout the whole game. Uh, I thought that was just absolutely perfect. He gets his 18th goal, second on the team in goals now. Obviously still leads the all-rookies in goals. That was such a great moment for that kid. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the goal come on the power play? Yeah, it did. It did. He, yeah, he, he, he hasn't gotten a lot of power play time, but he, he got it on the power play. Well, and that, and that was one of the big, like, topics of discussion is, you know, yeah. well, you know, he's gotten all these goals without any power play time, and here he comes with a chance on the power play. And, it, it, you know, it's really your chance to show, like, hey, you're not just a guy that scores empty net goals or, you know, you can just uh, fight your way to the net. But, hey, we're on the power play. This is this is a skilled position. You know, that's where you put your, your really – really high, highly skilled guys. And he ends up scoring that goal on, like you said, the national stage, national spotlights on him, outdoor game, first goal of the first outdoor game in Nashville. Um, and man, this kid's, this kid's star is just shining very, very bright. And it, it's almost a meteoric rise. Like it's just, he's kind of come from a guy who made the team last year as a call up, uh, gets the, uh, you know, the gets protected in the expansion draft and then winds up. I think he's quickly becoming a fan favorite because um, I've seen a lot of his stuff available with his number on it um, over a lot of other players who you would think you would see available. Um, and, and I always pay attention when they're doing those auctions and things. Um, and his Jersey is regularly <laughs> getting much higher bids than a lot of the other players. It's usually up yeah. there toward the top, uh, if not the most, uh, expensive, but right underneath it, which tells you people are clamoring for Tanner Janot right now. Well, speaking of cards, you know, I'm you know, or speaking of sorry, speaking of of prices. There you go. <laughs> I I was going to mention about cards because you know I I do do a lot with cards. Uh, Upper Deck Series One, which has been delayed for a long time, is coming out in a couple weeks, I think. And that is the that is the the flagship release of the upper deck hockey cards. Tanner Janot is going to be featured as one of the predators that has a young gun. So young guns are like the the rookie card, the premier rookie card. That's the one everyone wants. Tanner Janot yeah. is going to have a young guns card in this upper deck series one. I think that's going to be a, a high seller. People are going to buy mm. that card a lot. Keep that in mind. All right, I'll move on from that. Uh, okay. Tanner Janot scores. It's one nothing Preds. Uh, but then, man, Tampa is really good. They just they put the vice grips on this game. Um, they the Predators could not do anything in the second period. I mean, it was it was bad. They just needed to get out of there. 
because the Brett, the Tampa Bay scores on a power play, I think, and then I think a regular or even strength goal, uh, two to one in the second period. And man, it could have been much worse than that. Like they, they were just, they were everywhere. Um, and then they get a three, one lead when Stamco scores in the third and you think it's pretty much over. Yep. Forsberg did make it interesting though, because he scores a few a little while later on the power play. Macau Granlin made a fantastic pass. I thought it was a rebound at first, but no, Granlin just no. made a fantastic pass across the blue ice or across the low slot there, high slot, low slot. Um, to Forsberg, who scored. Anyways, very close to a comeback, but a regulation loss to Tampa in the end. So um, not something that's too surprising. Tampa's really good. You just hope for a different result. Yeah, I think I think for me, what what made it kind of what made the loss kind of hard to swallow. And I'll say that, of course, if you look back on it, you're probably not going to remember the loss as much as you remember the whole experience. But Tampa just shut down. They just absolutely de- denied the Predators the chance to get a clean zone entry and get set up. And that was the most frustrating thing was you felt like if they could just get in there and establish some sort of offense, they would probably wind up scoring. And I think when you end up with that that penalty call that uh, Johansson drew as he was headed to the net, a lot of people were saying that should be a penalty shot, and they didn't award it. And I remember saying, you know, would you rather have one free shot or two minutes of the man advantage? And everybody immediately said, give me the free shot. But then Forsberg immediately scored once that power play started. And that yeah. tells you that when you can – get a face off in your own zone and get set up quickly, good things can happen quickly. And that's, I think what makes it all the more heartbreaking is knowing that they had just been able to get set up. They probably would have been able to get it at least tied, if not, you know, take it into overtime and win the whole thing. But yeah, man, it was, it was interesting at the end for sure. It was interesting. I know. I remember Ryan Johansson had a, a chance kind of maybe on his backhand um, that either he couldn't get on frame or he couldn't get all the puck or something like that. But, um, Andre Vasilevsky makes it really tough. I mean, that guy's that guy's a world elite. He's one of the best goalies in the world. He's an elite player. He's always good, consistently good every single game. Tampa's defense is really good. Their forecheck's amazing. It's just they're they're a tough team to beat. So you you would have liked to have uh, seen a different result, but yeah, you didn't get it. And uh, it's a, a poor ending to the week, but it's uh, it doesn't make the week you know, any, any worse or anything, but um, I do want to cover a couple of quick surprises that we, uh, that we, that we noticed Um, before we do that though, we've got to talk about our other sponsor, which is hello fresh. Hello fresh is amazing. I've been using it for several years now. If you don't use it, if you've never tried it, guess what? You can try, not only try it, you can try it 16 times because you can get 16 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash Smash16. Go to that website, get your 16 meals, because what you're going to get is farm-fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Comes in a box. They've got freezing things in there to keep it nice and cold if it's hot out. Uh, But you get to skip trips to the grocery store, and HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. A couple things. If you don't have time to cook, this saves you a lot of time. Most of the meals, 30 minutes or less, some of them even quicker than that. Um, low prep, easy cleanup, really, really simple. All your, all your ingredients are pre-proportioned. 
It's also not that expensive. It's cheaper, in fact, 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. So you can save money. You can save probably 60 to 70 bucks a month on doing this. But you've just got to try it. We've been doing it forever, um, and we love it. So uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash PRED16. Use the code PRED16 for up to 16 free meals. And guess what? You'll get three gifts. I don't know what those gifts are going to be. I can't even predict. But I can make a guess. I bet one of them is going to be something that's going to taste good. I hope so, so. Keep that in mind. Probably like a candy bar. Maybe a maybe a little sparkling water. Maybe some oh. sort of... Uh, barbecue sauce you never tried before something like that so uh that's what they do they, they give you a lot of free stuff so go check it out hellofresh.com slash smash 16 okay surprises things that surprised us about this week i'm gonna do we're gonna do this like alternate right we're gonna do like snake draft kind of thing yeah uh <laughs> here's my first one my first surprise was at the Pecorine retirement game when they announced who was coming out onto the stage to join Pecorine for this. I would say the biggest crowd reaction was for one former Preds defenseman, Shea Weber. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I, you know, I knew he was going to be there. I did not anticipate the volume that Bridgestone Arena would erupt at hearing him, and they were amped for Shea to be in the building. That was cool. That was that was a really um, – I kind of figured that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I assumed that – like I knew that Shea Weber was going to be there. Um, I assumed that once he was announced or walked out on the stage or however they were going to do it, when people realized that he was the one coming out, that it was going to be a huge response. And that's probably one of the loudest things I've heard the crowd do – um, when there wasn't hockey being played on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. I, I mean, it just made me think like if they could somehow get that guy healthy and back in Nashville, it would be such a popular yeah. move. <laughs> like, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. That was my first one. What's your, uh, what's your first surprise of the weekend? So the, the day after the Pecorine retirement game, this is, this is really, for me, it was really special. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of Preds alumni, one of whom, was uh, Jordan Tutu, and it was the first time I'd ever had a chance to talk to him, and it was it was really kind of organic the way it happened. But he he happened to bring up Tanner Janot, and I really made the connection really quickly that Janot is is kind of the heir apparent to Jordan Tutu's uh, role on the team, and he had a lot of praise for him. And so I kind of pushed a little further and was like, you know, if you had a chance to to talk to him, have you been able to interact with him at all? And he was like, you know, I just got done talking to him downstairs in the hallway. And, uh, you know, they shared some notes, things like that. He gave him some encouragement. And uh, I, I was just really impressed. And I've got I've got videos of it up on Twitter. Um, but it was really impressive to me how, you know, Tutu really embraced that role on the team. And I think, you know, Janot's really embracing the role as well. And to kind of hear the guy that if you had to, you know, point to someone who had been a really effective enforcer type that, that also had – some offensive upside um, mm -hmm. that he's, he's able to recognize like, Hey, this is the guy I'm seeing. And I, I like what I'm seeing. And to me, that was just really interesting to see one generation kind of praising the next generation. Um, it's yeah. not, it's not a super long franchise history. So you, you don't have tons and tons of examples of that happening yet, but it's nice to start see that happening. So 
I like that. That was that. That is neat, and I'm um, uh, it's it's cool when you get those moments that that come out of nowhere you don't really plan for. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you guys to to, to talk to him about that, and also, um, I I remember talking to Jordan Tutu a few years ago. Uh, it was right around the time. In fact, it was like the week after or something that Austin Watson entered the NHL program. Mm-hmm. And Jordan was also, he, he had talked about, he talked about that. He talked about um, his issues and, and also, also Austin Watson and he wished him well and all that kind of stuff. And we know how that ended, but uh, Jordan, Jordan's an amazing person. Uh, he's a fantastic alumni of the Predators. So, I mean, everyone in that building is, pr- is proud of him and loves him. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great surprise there. Here's my other one. It has to do with, uh, or here's my next one. It has to do with the uh, um, the stadium series game. Um, the uh, we I, I I think just before maybe like five to ten minutes before this, I had made a comment and I was like, I guess no one's going to be tossing the catfish on the ice because it's like thirty <laughs> yards away. And people were talking. I put this on Twitter on the A to Z Twitter, and people were like, "Oh, Brian Tannehill did it to be intercepted," or. Um, comments like that. But anyways, the, the point is, I was like, well, I guess we're not getting any catfish. And then right before the game, you know, they obviously, they bring all the players out. They, they do the lineups and everything. Pecorine is out there and he tosses a catfish. And yep. that was, a, <laughs> I thought that was perfect. It was great. He taught, I don't even remember how he got it. He didn't carry it out there. I'm assuming. I think, Somebody I think Taylor Lewan had it on his person. Ah, Taylor Lewan had it. Okay. Got it. Yes. Taylor Lewan was out there too, because it's all about Taylor Lewan. Uh, just joking. Please don't, please don't hurt me. Um, don't hurt uh, anyways, Pecorine tosses the catfish and it was perfect. Um, that was a great moment. So that was a big surprise. Very, and I, I really like that one. Oh, you know, I, 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 I was going to, sorry, I was going to mention, if you haven't seen the GIF or the video, whatever of him doing that, he has an amazing reaction because I think he almost hit someone with it. I think it was. Uh, I think it was the camera crew. It almost went. And it's like, it's the most gifable. Like he just is so happy and surprised, and then and then oh god, what did I do? It's it's perfect. It's a great gif. Yeah, it's gonna be an all timer. I think. <laughs> I I love it. I've already lo- I've watched it hundreds of times already, and, yeah. and shown friends and family and just random people <laughs> I've seen out in public, and everyone's right. enjoyed it. Yeah, and I've been asked to stop a few times. <laughs> All right, what's your next surprise? Okay. Um you know, I think I think for me we were treated to just a vast amount of just immersed in the fact that Nashville produces and is known for country music. Um and there were so many just between, I don't know, every, almost every whistle, you had a live band playing on stage. You had uh, Miranda Lambert and I think Dirk Bentley playing um, during one of the intermissions. But then randomly, just out of nowhere, we're treated to the song My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. They just showed up. And I the remember band lit. not a cover band, but the band Lit. Yeah, the actual band. And you and I were sitting there in the press box going, are they they're not from Nashville, are they? And we, we had to look it up and they're from California, which I mean, kind of fits with Nashville. OC, the OC. Yeah. From the orange County. I mean, and that, 
I don't know. It was just, it was really nice. Don't get me wrong. It was nice to have a little bit of a break from country music, but I wasn't it expecting was like, it to be. So in, in the, uh, in, in the cup final game, uh, one of the cup final games, uh, there was, you know, there are all kinds of musicians showing up for that. Uh, and one of them, cage, the elephant showed up, but that makes sense. Cage, the elephant is from Bowling Green. Bowling Green? Yeah. Bowling Green. Yeah. So, yeah. The, yeah. So they're like, they're from nearby. I don't know yeah. why Lit was there, but like they were, and that's pretty that's pretty cool. So maybe they're just no, fans. nobody complained. Nobody complained. Nobody However, complained. I did ride on the elevator with them at the end of the game. Really? And they had a good time at the game. Wow, that's nice. It's good. I'm glad everyone had a good time. <laughs> you don't you don't want to be the the one guy at, at the stadium series who had a bad time, right? Yeah. So all right, I've got one more. Do you have one more? One more surprise? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, my, my surprise is one that um, probably probably most people um, – some people may have already seen this, but it was just the fact that the Predators, when they showed up to the stadium, they showed up uh, riding on a Woo Girl bus. That's the only way I can describe it. It was a Woo Girl bus. One of those buses that you see riding around Nashville with the Woo Girls, the Predators all showed up in a Woo Girl bus. And I thought that was very funny. And I thought that was perfect for it for the setup. Um, yeah, I that was that was a surprise. Did not see that coming. And when it happened, I was laughing very hard about it. Well, when we when we heard the sirens from the police escort, we were like, either that's the police escort bringing in the bus with the predators on it, or one of the Woo Girl buses has gotten in it's front of it somehow, and they're they're ruining their <laughs> arrival, which would yeah. have made sense. It would have been very fitting. I don't think he could have scripted it any better if they'd done it that way. But <laughs> but it was definitely awesome to see them show up that way. Yeah, no doubt. All right, what's your what's your last surprise? My last surprise, I'm going to tell you. Um, after the game, um, and if you've if you've seen. Again, I, I have some videos up on Twitter, uh, but it, we actually got to stand in an old-fashioned media scrum in front of the players. Oh. And that was the first time. Now, granted, we were still socially distanced. Um, there was a, a velvet rope, if you will, separating us, and the players had a little stand-up box to stand on. But that was right. the first time we've done that since... Um, Two years. What? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, two, it's been two years yeah, two since years. we've actually done that. And it was it was bizarre because it had been so long, but it was also strangely familiar. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the part of doing this job that, that you and I do covering uh, games in the arena and, and being able to, to talk to the players after the game, there's just a different element of um, – familiarity there when you're able to actually stand in front of someone and speak to them as opposed to uh, talking to them through zoom or even sitting in a room, you know, separated by uh, two or three rows of chairs asking questions. So yeah, that was a big surprise for me. I was not expecting that at all. Um, And the fact that it was the NHL that was in charge of it and, and not just this team or that team, um, I don't know. Maybe things are starting to loosen up a little bit on that front, and that would be a really, a really welcome thing. I'm very excited about that possibility. That would yeah. be that would be fantastic. Um, so there you go. We got it's been it's been a crazy week. I know we've uh, we've got a little bit of a shorter show today, but that's just because we've got 
um, a lot of hours underneath us and we're tired and we want to go to bed. But I, I think there's there's a lot more that we could talk about with this and maybe some of that will come up in the subsequent episodes. Um, uh, this week ahead for the Predators is very light. Yeah. They have two games only this week. Wednesday at Seattle, 9 p.m. start locally. And then Saturday at San Jose, It's even though it's a West Coast, it's a 7 p.m. start locally. I guess it starts at 5, right? And it's a matinee game in San Jose. Wait. Oh, is it? I guess so, because it starts Thanks. at 7 p.m. start here. Oh, Maybe. that's okay. I like that. I, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, um, if I get a West Coast game, I don't have to stay up until three in the morning for it. Maybe just one. check. Maybe just double. Maybe you're right. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah, fine. it's a seven o'clock start in the Central Time. That's yeah, beautiful. Okay. Love Perfect. it. Two games this week. That's it. The Predators need to get. Uh, they need to win both those games. They need to beat Seattle. They need to beat San Jose. Those are not very good teams. They need to come away with wins there. So. Yeah. No way around it. I agree. All right, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at azsports.com, and you can uh, also go to onthefortech.com as well and check out Sean and everyone who writes there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at alexdarty one <laughs> I saw what that was. Uh, follow, follow me on Twitter at alexdarty one and follow Sean on Twitter at scsotf. Show it again. Oh, this? Yeah, house cats, right? Yeah, House Cats in in S H, the 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 hockey slash Predators meme lord of the internet. There you go. Definitely need to give him a follow at House Cats in S H. I would agree with that. All right, big time. Let's go ahead and shut it down. See everyone next week.